she's making him call her ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like the yes, ma'am line. So cringy. For me, it was like, come, oh, come on. No. <laughs> Season 5 of Yellowstone has begun, and how are you feeling about it? Love it or hate it, you have to agree that the first of two premiere episodes was decidedly slower than the way Season 4 began, until, quite suddenly, it wasn't. One major tragedy marked the Paramount Network premiere, but that death wasn't the most difficult scene to watch on Sunday night. I'm Addison Hager, and I'm excited to talk about an all-time uncomfortable exchange between Jamie and Beth. Has she finally gone too far? Welcome back to Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast that promises episode breakdowns and cast interviews, and this week we got both. Billy Dukes is standing by to dive into all of the delightful pain and misery, plus a few rainbows that grew from the opening glimpses of this fifth and potentially final season. Once again, we'll look for your participation with emails at staff at tasteofcountry.com. That's also a place to answer this week's trivia question. Season 4 ended with John set to run for governor and Beth, well, blackmailing her brother after he killed his birth father. Season 5 begins many months later, with John being sworn in as governor and Casey Dutton's wife, Monica, set to give birth to their second child. I'll save the spoilers for another minute or two, except to say that one of these two events goes very, very poorly. Tap follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you podcast, because we're here weekly. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review where possible. It really goes a long way to letting others know about Dutton Rules. So, who dies? What's going on in the bunkhouse? Did Beth and Jamie make up? Let's talk about it all together during this new episode of Dutton Rules. Hello, Addison! Hello, Billy. Oh my goodness gracious. Carter? Carter has gone through puberty. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say to start us off. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, we are back with the one and only, your your little golden nugget, the trivia. So every week we have a trivia question, and we'll bring this back. We did this during season one. Uh, the Monday episodes will have a trivia question, and the winner essentially gets to boss me around for an episode. <laughs> I'll say whatever you want me to say. Uh, I'll sing, I'll dance, whatever you need me to do. You can have fun, be creative with it. Um, if you are the first person to answer this trivia question. You ready? Drum roll, please. Yes, I'm ready. This is a hard one, and it's going to require you to have watched 1883 as well, or at least be familiar with it. Okay. Counting 1923 and counting the baby in Monica's <sighs> belly. How many actors have we seen play a John Dutton in the Yellowstone franchise? I think I could answer that. I'll, I'll hold tight. You I'll hold tight guess? my answer for for the next episode. And I just want to say, of course, you would choose this one. If li- listeners who've been following this podcast for a while, Billy loves a good family tree. And this does not surprise me that this is also in that wheelhouse. This is Billy's bread and butter. I've been working on a pretty massive family tree, and we'll, we'll um, <laughs> roll that out at some point. But staff at tasteofcountry.com is how you get in those answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also the place if you want to just email any other thoughts, questions, or comments with regards to Yellowstone, Addison or I will we'll, we'll res- we'll respond to those emails pretty promptly. 
Let's kick things off, Billy, with the kind of the elephant in the room, the classic, you know, we're not surprised that the season's going to be full of it. The Beth and Jamie tension. So awkward in season two or episode two. Like it, it was. I'm having a hard time reconciling like the soft, sweet Beth we saw with Rip next mm-hmm. to this like animal she is with Jamie. Like it's almost like I'm not really quite buying this anger any longer because she is so, so mean to him, unnecessarily mean to him in that second episode. Well, and I I went down a a Reddit rabbit hole and I did multiple times during the second episode specifically. And it seems as a whole, people are kind of annoyed at this point. Like as a a general consensus, at least on the Reddit thread that I was reading, people are like, okay, look, how much longer can we like, you know, throw out this or, you know, continue to drag on this Beth and Jamie drama? We get it. Either, you know, someone dies, someone like, can we just cut this and be done with it? I, I personally also agree. I'm a little bit, I feel like I'm being drugged behind the end of a pickup truck of like, all right, like we get it. There's tension here. Yeah. We've had tension for every single season. I'm a little snooze fest over it. So to kind of recap h- how we got here, um, many, many years ago, Beth needed, wanted to get an abortion and J- Jamie took her to the Indian mm-hmm. reservation and they ended up. Uh, was it a sterilization? Is that what they they did? Um, a his it was was it a hysterectomy? Hysterectomy, yes, thank you. That's what I was looking okay. for. Yes, hysterectomy. Okay, they made it so she can't have babies any longer, and Beth finds out, and she has held mm-hmm. that um over Jamie for the rest of his life. And Jamie, he was just eighteen years old at the time, kind of doing the best he could do. Made a poor decision, but it was a really tough situation, right. and, and she hasn't given him any ounce of forgiveness. For that in the year since. So you flash forward to the end of season four, where she not only um, blackmails Jamie into killing his real father, Garrett, she takes mm-hmm. a photo of him dumping the body off at the train station so that um, so that uh, they own Jamie essentially during this political campaign, which there's a pretty big plot hole there that we can get to in a little bit. So now we get to season five and John is governor and Beth is really turning the screws to the point where he's making she's making him call her ma'am yes ma'am like the yes ma'am line so cringy for me it was like come oh come on no <laughs> so it's like cringy, watching a family also, fight yes yeah which also if you want to physically see the scene billy and i do uh recaps on our youtube mm-hmm. channel so head to taste of country youtube if you want to physically see it if you don't like our uh rendition of it go check it out there because it's just oh i mm. I have no words, but continue, Billy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's essentially the nut of it. I mean, I think Jamie makes some really good points and is a valuable perspective kind of in what the Duttons are doing. Like, if they listen to him, they could kind of get what they want and stay out of jail. But Beth's just so mm-hmm. hell-bent on doing whatever the opposite that he wants is that it, it almost feels counterproductive. And the whole thing is almost like watching your family fight at the Thanksgiving table, but it lasts <laughs> like... Two hours, <laughs> multiple years long enough. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, eventually you're like, enough is enough. I, you know, let's yes. New topic. Yes. New topic bell. Ding. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Well, unfortunately I kind of feel like, you know, the new topic bell is going to be Jamie dying. Like I, I, I don't see reconciliation. I see death. Yeah. I, I think that, that someone has to die either Jamie Beth or is not um, going to die. She could. She could. I could see her dying. Or John. John Dutton, I could see dying. Like one of those three. 
or two of them maybe is going to have to go before the end of this season or certainly by the end of this, the franchise. Now you just said there was a little bit of a plot hole. What is that plot hole with them? What? Here's what Beth and John don't seem to realize. They're pushing Jamie around and they're like, you'll do exactly what I say or else presumably meaning right. or else we're going right. to turn you into the cops. You'll go to jail for killing your dad. Jamie, right. he knows all the Dutton family secrets. Why wouldn't he just flip is the moment that the cops pick mm. him up, be like, oh, well, you want some real dirt and then just start spilling the news on everything the Duttons have done over the last you know, decades. True. And they'd be in jail just as quick and just for just as long as Beth and John. So in my opinion, either Jamie doesn't realize the leverage he has or Beth and John don't or everybody does. And they're just kind of blind to it. Like, I don't understand why Jamie's putting up with this because he's got a really, really good mm. trump card in his back pocket. Honestly, I don't. I mean, you left me kind of speechless. I, I don't have a rebuttal or, or thought to that. I mean, I yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe <laughs> maybe we'll. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I was like, great point, Billy. <laughs> huh, <laughs> left me stumped. <laughs> maybe by the end. Maybe by the end of the season, we'll see it. I guess, but um, golly, it, it is tough to watch Beth and Jamie on screen together. Yeah, I like I said, I'm a little bit at my end of like, all right. I mean, I'm braced for it. I'm I'm very expectant that that's I mean, I'm that's what I'm going to get for the rest of the season. But, you know, when this episode one started and we had that flashback sequence between Rip and Beth Mm -hmm. and that kind of led to us seeing that softer Beth, I thought your prediction that we're going to see this warm and fuzzy Beth was going to be spot on. But then we get to episode two and she's yes mamming him. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That ain't going to happen. Sorry, Addison. Not this year. Well, and I will say, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, come on, Billy. We are just in episode two. Maybe. I'm still holding out hope. And I will say it was fun. Like, I, I enjoyed seeing <laughs> the optimist in me. I enjoyed seeing the flashback of Rip and Beth because that's not where you see her soft side. You see that actress did a great job playing the younger Beth because I was like wow she she came out of the womb fighting like <laughs> this girl like yeah. this is you know been her personality since birth essentially um but yes I agree it was uh, at that when it flashed back to present day and it was Rip and Beth in obviously the present and she was pretty much saying it which made me laugh she's like I'm so sorry and he's like for what and pretty much she's like well I, you know I really meant this as like a blanket apology for you know like anything <laughs> over the past several 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 years uh, and you see her it was cool to see Rip like yes you saw her kind of break down emotionally like clearly that is something that's been really stirring in her but I think what I enjoyed seeing was rip seeing that little bit of a softer because rip pretty much through the rest of the first two episodes is back to you know hard rip you know right life is rough move on where he was pretty much saying like hey i know the heart in there and it's big no one else (laughs) sees it you know but i know what's deep inside i thought that was a really sweet intimate moment like you said yes it was quickly squashed but I'm not, like I said, I, I still have hope that we will see moments like that. I could be wrong. The most valuable thing I took out of the flashback sequences, really both of them, because we had the one in episode two, is we got to see that old school bunkhouse with, and I didn't realize it at the time, that was Lloyd. Like that greasy, gray, dark haired guy was Lloyd sitting at the poker table. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And I will have to give, I, I can't take credit for this. I watched it a second time with friends and one of my friends pointed this out. So I can't take this credit for myself, but okay. When I was watching that with the first time, I was like, man, they did a really good job of getting someone who looks like mm-hmm. Lloyd. Like you totally knew that was like Lloyd, younger Lloyd. Well, Billy, it's his son. Like it's, it's literally Lloyd in in real life so that's uh lloyd oh. is forest or wait forey j smith forey j smith yeah that is his actual son forest smith really? except i will say i got a little confused i did a lot of research so it is accurate and and on google he goes by forest smith if you do notice in the credits he goes by forest wilder a little confused on that one okay. but if you google him he's forest smith and yeah he's actually Forey's, who was played by, gosh, Forey and Forrest, Forey, who plays Lloyd, it is actually right. his son, which his how son. freaking oh. cool. That's fascinating. Wow. That's really interesting. I had no I was idea. I'm really I excited to other... bring that to the table, Billy. <laughs> who are those other yahoos? None of them seem to be in the bunkhouse still. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't have that lineage for you. I just had that one. <laughs> okay. There wasn't a whole lot from the bunkhouse. Um, well, in the, in the first Mm-mm. episode, I, I'm going to say something. This might be a little controversial, but like season four, the oh, way gosh. season four opened with that 15 minute like opus and a gunfight and a chase and all these things happening. We get uh-huh. to season five. Episode one was pretty slow until the very, very end. Fest. Like It was just yeah. a lot of political sort of back and forth and learning about John being governor and a lot of character reintroduction yeah. as well. Like Angela Blue Thunder um is back uh we learn that sarah atwood is coming uh we meet old tate we meet old carter kind of remind ourselves what all mm-hmm. the other characters look like um it, it was a lot of that well and i'm almost it's almost as if they should have flipped the two episodes you know what i mean of like the episode two was so full of action which i wonder if that's how they kind of kept us like the fact that they premiered both in the same day almost worked for episode one's benefit you know like if he had just done yeah. episode one like would have people have tuned in because it was so slow where he put both together so it kind of helped the energy that was lacking in episode one i agree with you there that's a good point you get to the end of episode two and you end up feeling pretty good about your night yeah well i loved seeing laney wilson on screen yeah, it, she plays a character named Abby. It sounds like she's a singer-songwriter, and she was set to perform at the governor's celebration. Um, it sounds like her and Ryan are going to have a little bit of a romance. Is that kind of where your head was at as well? I get that vibe, and you know what? I'm here for it. I his The actor's name is Ian Bowen, which I'm just going to say, if he ever needs a plus one to a Yellowstone event, I will gladly, <laughs> you know, if Lainey is me... <laughs> in my i will gladly ian if you're listening i will gladly volunteer myself um yeah i i will say i did cringe i was like oh gosh like could we have written this maybe a little bit better like when he goes over to you know rope her and um she's like oh we didn't see that or did she say something like oh didn't see that coming i was like this is the Uh, the cringiest moment yeah i was like oh gosh (laughs) oh gosh but i'm here for this well, we do have a little bit. Of, we talked to Lainey about her character, and she uh-huh. shared a little bit with us. This We talked to her before the premiere, so she couldn't share a whole lot. But she confirmed that she might, which means does, have a few kissing scenes. 
Um, not much more it. than that, though. There's not going to be like uh, she's not like the new Hassie Harris in Laramie where she's just sort of sleeping around the bunkhouse. Right. So a little kissing. Well, and then she also we asked her if her and Ian Bowen were a couple because we saw a picture of them kind of cuddling together. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, that photo is a lot of, a, a good reason why I think that uh, Ryan and Lee and Abby are a couple on the show. Well, I, I love at least, you know, the little clip that we did get to see of this Abby character. What I enjoy is Lainey's kind of getting to play herself in the sense of, you know what I mean? Like the mannerisms and even stuff that she's saying, like, you know, we've talked to Lainey before and it doesn't seem like it is, she's per- having to, you know, be someone so far out of her wheelhouse that it's like, who are you? Which I think is, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that's cool. And I think that's going to lead to more natural acting i i could be wrong but i feel like well i i enjoyed all that to be said i enjoyed sometimes you put you know people who are singers or whatever and a celebrity in a, a cameo role and it just flops but i i really enjoyed watching her on screen well let's not get too excited i mean she had about four lines and then she wasn't in episode two at all i mean there's still time i, I, think I still stand strong still- Billy. that's fine <laughs> I mean, she's not but quite lining up for Emmy. I don't think at this point, but maybe. <laughs> okay, I okay that that is fair. But if you remember, I set the bar incredibly low for Faith Hill, so I'm trying to like not be so Debbie Downer. I don't know. True. I I I'm not just, but I'm also not just giving out compliments. So All I right. say what I said. What I said about Lainey. That's how I feel about it. We'll circle back. Fair <laughs> Meet the new I Edison. Do- not backing down from any opinion in season two of the Dutton Rules podcast. We're a well-oiled machine now, and Addison is staking mm-hmm. her ground. Uh, I do really like, though, just like kind of sticking on the singer aspect. I do like that Taylor Sheridan not only adds like mu- the actual musical acts in his shows, but he gives them a like the opportunity to say their name, like Shane Smith and the Saints, who play for the governor's party like they are able to say hey we're shane smith and the saints from austin texas which shout out to austin texas uh you know what i mean like i I love that i love that he gives them an opportunity to like actually get clout why are you laughing? that's a good point (laughs) i was just thinking like oh yeah because texas you know no one's talking about how good texas is but you know it's a good point It's the equivalent of like the <laughs> band name on the drum head. It's like some signage so that people yeah. actually know who the band yeah. is and, and can find them. That's more than just shazamming the song like I did. Right. So we called it, I think, that John Dutton does get to become governor. He He's elected and several months have passed. I figure about six or seven months have passed since the end of season four and the beginning of season five. And, I, and I'm saying that just because that's mm-hmm. about how big Monica's belly has gotten. So he... He announced his election, ran the campaign, ends up winning, and he becomes governor. And he, he's on this uh, campaign of um, for the land. That's his campaign slogan. He's doing everything for the land, which really means everything for the Dutton Ranch, for the Yellowstone Ranch. Uh, and he brings back that saying, living with the land, not on it. And, and how he won't let New Yorkers make Montana their playground. And as he says that, I have like two competing emotions. At first, I'm like, okay, hell yeah, get out of our state. You go, Governor <laughs> Dutton. The other part of me is like, oh, you know, a vacation house in Montana does sound quite nice. I wouldn't mind that one bit. 
can I afford those taxes? You know, I, it's like, so I, I'm kind of split with the with John Dutton saying, I see both perspectives. Like I know why people want to be there, but also hell yeah, kick them out. Build a I wall. do love his. I'm the opposite of progress. I'm the wall it bashes against. I was like, and here we go with the one-liners from John. So, <laughs> so many good Dutton lines. That was probably the best. That was actually what a line from season four. I don't know if we had any brilliant lines in season no, five. Re- Certainly had a memorable one, that one. Tate. Yeah, yeah. That's that was a really good line. But um, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of politics, I think, of this season with Dutton. I, I hope it kind of transitions to a little bit more Dutton centric stuff, because to me, that's more interesting. Um, but they did need to let the character grow. And I, I suppose in this way, it allows some new characters to come into the show with him in office. Well, I just love how I mean, and he literally says this on stage that, you know, he didn't necessarily he doesn't necessarily want to be there in, in that position. But it's just so funny as, you know, his his staff is, you know, running different things by him. And he's like, what the heck is this? What the heck? You know what I mean? It's like truly put someone who does not care to be in that position in that position. Who was the old timer behind John Dutton kind of as he's <gasps> making his march to the podium? I was wondering that because to be quite honest with you, that kind of looks like another person that is probably some famous person in general. Like that doesn't, you know, right. I'm sure he, I I don't know. I couldn't read it whole that one. So if you guys know staff at taste of country.com, please email us. I think the character is the same character who tried to convince Casey to become governor back in season four. Remember they set Casey down and there was that guy. He was one of the ranchers. Um, Casey takes care of that one problem by putting people in the cattle trap or the cattle. Um, mm-hmm. I forget what that's called, but he puts cattle a guy in there, or... but the old, the mm-hmm. cattle guard. Yeah. Um, but then there's that old timer that kind of comes up to him on behalf of some of the other ranchers. So I think he has some pull maybe within some sort of agricultural agency, but his name and position kind of escaped me, but I certainly didn't think he was important enough to be like right on John Dutton's right shoulder. Um, as he's being inaugurated and speaking, that was that was confusing to me. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, and that was one. Like I said, I, I feel like he's an important person outside outside of the show, but couldn't figure out yeah. who that was. Well, we've kind of dodged around the big the, the big topic of this uh, episode two part episode. I mean, the big tragedy that happened. Uh, it's tough to watch, and maybe even difficult to talk about. But mm-hmm. there's certainly was one major death um, with this premiere. I have many thoughts on this specific scene. If you want to kind of set up what we saw. So Casey is at the Montana Canada border, taking care of some horse wranglers. And so he's miles and miles, hours from home. And uh, Monica goes into labor. Um, She's three weeks early and she goes into labor. She's at home with Tate. And she thinks the baby's coming really fast, so she doesn't feel like she should wait. So she gets in the car and tries to drive herself to the hospital. Casey says he'll send an ambulance to kind of meet her halfway. Um, Tate's in the passenger seat, and Monica's having contractions while she drives. So she's swerving, and Tate's like, do you want me to drive? She's like, you can't drive. He's like, I can do better than you. And he's probably right. Amen. Uh, Mm -hmm. a, a, A buffalo steps onto the road. And it's unfortunate because there's a, a truck coming the other way with some goober eating snacks. And they kind attention. of 
they kind of come up on the buffalo at the same exact time as Monica has a contraction. So there's this like trilogy of unfortunate events. Monica ends up hitting the buffalo or the other truck. Um, of course, she's not wearing a seatbelt because she's in labor. She she goes through the windshield. Um, the other guy presumably dies. Tate is wearing his seatbelt, so he ends up with mm-hmm. just a broken arm, thankfully. And, and he gets out and is able to kind of call 911 and help his family out. But the, the devastating part about all that is that Monica loses the baby. And we learn that from Tate, mm-hmm. who tells Governor John Dutton, this is the most heartbreaking line. I had a brother for an hour anyways. I mean, it was just a rip your heart out line from Tate. Um, and the baby's name was, as we alluded to in the trivia question, uh, John Dutton. Which that already, you know, disproves my theory that I thought Monica was going to die in childbirth. Uh, I said that in a previous yeah. episode. But I think that that scene, the ending of that scene where you have uh, you have Casey lying in the hospital bed with Monica. You have John in the room with them. And then you have Beth, you know, trying to hold Tate's hand and Jamie kind of, you know, in that you know, in the shot and they do kind of the slow pull out. I thought that was so well done. That was the end of episode one. And I thought, okay, we've lived through that. We'll move on in episode two, Mm -hmm. but episode two, they rewind to show you how the crash happened. Mm -hmm. And then you really lived through it. And that was that Mm -hmm. piggybacked with Jamie and Beth in the first 25 minutes of episode two was like, Okay, now we're back. Welcome to Yellowstone. Here we are. This is this is what people pay to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say I do like in that scene, as heavy as it was and hard as it was to watch, I did like that we saw more of Tate. I don't know if becoming a man necessarily is the right word, but he's kind of always been the one that's you know, we're always, where's Tate looking out for Tate kind of, everyone needs to like coddle to Tate where Tate Mm -hmm. now is kind of the provider in this scene. He's the one who has to go find the phone, call for help. I enjoyed seeing him kind of in a more, let's say mature, you know, like you said this now we're picking up several um, months down the road. He's does not look the same as he used to uh, like Carter yeah. doesn't. And so I, I really did like in this scene of like, okay, he's taking ownership of this situation. Monica physically cannot take ownership of this. And instead of just going, ah, you know, don't know what to do. Crouch. Let's just wait for an ambulance to come. He took ownership, which I did really like yeah. seeing that. hundred percent agree. I think there's a lot of potential for that character. Um, it, it would look now, I guess by my, accounting that maybe they're going to move somehow move back to the ranch. That's kind of where I feel like we're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the funeral is going to be at the ranch, which I think is no small thing because she could have had it on her, on her family's property on the Indian reservation. Um, so I feel like we're going to incorporate them back into the Dutton family at some point. Um, but I think that kind of also leads to what Casey saw on his vision quest. Well, I will say I have some hot takes of this scene that I just wasn't wasn't too fond of. And also, this is where I went down the rabbit, the Reddit rabbit hole. A uh, few, few things I just want to throw out here. Hit me. Number one, why? I, I understand that she's in labor, but number one, why didn't she wear a seatbelt? I don't think um, the fact that she's going in labor is an excuse for not wearing a seatbelt. 
Yeah. I'm just saying, number one, we didn't have to be thrown out of the car, okay? So seatbelt, okay. Fair great. Enough. She's in labor. I don't, it, like, I, why didn't we let Tate drive? I understand that he's, like, 14 years old, but clearly, like, this was, I, I will say, I don't think this scene was needed. Like, we could have avoided all of this. Like, okay, have have Tate drive. Like, yeah. It would have been fine. You're on country roads. Also, did she really not see, I mean, I'm not here to badger, <laughs> badger Monica right now, but... I thought it was odd that at the very last second, I mean, they're on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere. I I'm live in Texas and I've driven on a ton of random rural roads. You know when a car is coming because it is pitch black out there. So you're telling me she didn't see the headlights of the car until they were right up on the car? You know what I mean? There's some flaws here that as I was watching, I was like, this is, I would have seen, the, <laughs> I mean, it was pitch black. I would have seen the car coming. I think <laughs> so. Okay, so I your first points are 100 valid. I think some poor decisions were made, probably um, in the heat of having a baby. But I think she probably saw the other vehicle. But because the other vehicle was so close to her, it blinded her from seeing the buffalo. Okay, as well as the other driver. So that's kind of why there was that accident. Like that accident, I don't think happens if there wasn't a buffalo right in the middle of the road. Okay. <laughs> You're looking I at me like think this was... <laughs> there's something wrong here, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> I still think it was a little over dramatized. Do I still think it was like it was a great? I hate saying a, like a great scene for the plot because it is a very heavy scene. Um, like there were so many like positive points to adding it in the episode. But the more I thought about it logistically, I was like, okay, we're really reaching here. But this is also not the only scene that I really felt like we were reaching here. I don't know if we want to dive well, into I, the wolves. Uh, <laughs> next, one one second. We, we, can get into, <laughs> we can get into the wolves in a moment. But I, I want one thing okay. I want to kind of point out about the loss of the baby is I was actually a little bit surprised by how, how quickly Monica especially um, seemed to kind of come to terms in some to some extent, like. Because if you remember at the start of season four, it was several episodes, I think, before we even saw Monica. And then she was just um, true, almost like like unable to talk or communicate. There was so much anger and fear like, like living inside of her. But by the end of episode two, her and Casey had kind of to the began a road to recovery of some sort. Like she had kind of she wasn't going to beat up Casey for not being there. She wasn't going to beat up herself. Um, they joked about how uh, Tate wants a brother still, and maybe they'll try again. Like there was still kind of a glimmer of hope on that, and, and that was kind of surprising to me. Uh, and and they also in that scene they talked about what Casey saw in the vision quest, and she asked if that was what he saw, and he said, "I would never see that." But the, what surprised me there was that she still doesn't know what he saw. Like, is, does he have to keep that a secret? Is that part of the the experience that he can't tell people? What he I saw, do, it must be. That's the only explanation why you wouldn't tell your wife. I do think that's odd. Unless we're just like big question askers. I mean, yeah, I would have already been like, so what'd you see? You know, I, if you just yeah, I saw yeah. the end of us, look at cool. Like, no, 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 no. I'm asking like, what? Like, I need more. No. <laughs> My wife wouldn't go to bed that night. We I'd just be in her ear. What'd you see? So what'd you see? Was it this? Was it this? Come on. You got to give me something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, like, so it must be part of the, the whole experience where, that she respects it and understands that yeah. he can't see, say more than he's said. 
Um, I mean, we still don't know though. Two episodes in, we have no really clue what what that, uh, Casey saw. Yeah, good on Monica. I for sure would not. Like you just said, I would have been like, so what'd you see? Would you please tell me? Please, I won't tell you. Yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, and needling him. All right, so you didn't like the wolves. How come? <sighs> okay, so here's the scene where Ryan and Colby. Is it Colby? What's his the other ranch hand's name? Is it Colby? Uh, I'm getting better with the bunkhouse bunkhouse's bros uh, names. Anyways, they are go out in the middle of the night to shoot essentially wolves that are eating the cattle or attacking the cattle. Um, yeah, the calves. Um, the calves. It's calving season on the ranch, which I, I did some research and learned is from January to March. So I actually think oh. they're a little bit late because there's tr- uh, leaves on the trees. But yeah, it's cattle season. They're, the, the cows are having their babies and they're trying to protect them. So essentially in the middle of the night, go and shoot the wolves. Well, we have a slight we have a slight issue. Once they come up on them, they realize that they are tagged. Um so Billy, if you I don't know if you want to kind of go into that a little bit of like the red flag with all that. Well, the best I can understand is that they're they're preserved by the national park. They're these are wolves that are mm-hmm. tagged as residents, so to speak, of Yellowstone National Park. Um I don't know a lot about that experience or how common that is or or exactly what that means, but it, it almost felt like accidentally killing your neighbor's dog. Right, right. Well, and so the issue that they now have is Ryan panics going, if these are sedentary for 12 hours, we're going to have, you know, law enforcement essentially coming to take right. us out. And also the fact that we are on the governor's ranch is not going to look good. So they're trying to figure out what to do with these tags, essentially rip comes and helps them they tie these tags to logs and so they get them off the ranch they tie them to logs throw them into the river which will essentially you know drag them on it'll keep them active and then at some point you know they'll fall off whatever and they're saying that they won't be able to tie them to the duttons here's where the flaw is and i was like what all they have to do is with the gps trackers the um the callers they're gonna see that they were on the dutton ranch and then went straight from the dutton ranch to a river like you're telling me that they're not going to be able to figure out where who killed them like i i I feel like that was a over dramatized like okay let's go throw them in the river all the above where i'm like look it is a gps tracker they're going to see that it was on the dutton ranch and went straight to the river and they're gonna know who killed them like this is not rocket science well, they will now that that one got held up in the branches, like they're going to find it on the log and that's going to be an issue. But I think the idea was that it would fall off the log and just sort of wash up ashore and the, they, the, the park would think that the wolf just died and it fell off and all somehow of them, got carried. All five have a- it, it, it didn't seem like the belly. best of Rip's plans. <laughs> like, I feel like Rip has had better plans. <laughs> like, to me, the truth might have been like... Uh, an, an option, I feel like. The truth will they, set they you free. Got, <laughs> they wouldn't have got arrested. Like they said, they had the tags. It was just kind of an unfortunate thing. They would have bought some some really, really bad publicity. publicity. But now they gotta, they're they going to have to explain or, or get their way out of a, an upcoming pickle with regards to all of this. Yeah, that's messy. It's messy. And yeah, yet another, yet another um, 
branch on the tree of just like topics <laughs> to touch on with this show. There was a lot. Um, we didn't talk about market equities a lot, and I only want to talk about market equities so that we can talk about Sarah Atwood, who seems to be okay. Market equities, Beth. Like we put everybody mm-hmm. in in like a, a little bit of a a Beth box. Like there's Native American Beth with with Angela Blue Thunder, and now we have market equities Beth, and then we have the real Beth. But I'm a big fan of this Sarah Atwood character. She just seems like she's going to stir some stuff up and be a lot of fun to watch. She's annoying to me, but that's okay. <laughs> you don't like you're you're annoyed by her. How come? I just think it, she's overdoing it. Like where when at the end she uh, she's like, I like when she gets mad. It means I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm like, oh, I love that. Who line. are you? you she annoys the heck out of me. I'm like, who are you? Is it possible that my attraction to this character and your sort of repulsion by this disdain. character are both for the, they're both yeah, your disdain are both for the same reason that she's like this beautiful, powerful woman that I'm like, ah, and you're like, oh, I hate that girl. I don't even want to know her. I hate that girl. No, it, it's not. It's not that. I, I'm here for that. It's just the like coming in, acting like a big shot. Almost, I feel like she's overproving herself. I think that's what it comes down to. Of like, instead of like, just like the line I even said, I feel like she's overdoing it. Like, you can be powerful right. and in control and not have to. I don't know. So no, it's not for the same reason. It's just more so the reason that I'm like, all right, we get it, we get it. You're in like. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Staff at tasteofcountry.com if you have a response <laughs> or if you want to answer today's Pivot. trivia question. We're going to do Monday recaps. Thursday, uh, I think we can reveal this now. Thursday, we have an interview with uh, Ryan Bingham coming. I, I chatted yeah. with Ryan Bingham for like 25 or 30 minutes. Uh, he plays Walker on Yellowstone, who we haven't seen too, too much from. Um, but a really nice conversation with Ryan Bingham coming on Thursday. And then next Monday, we'll recap episode three of the show. Can we tease the first thing that you asked him, Billy? Just because I love it. What is Walker's last name? That's how he, en- that's how he entered the interview. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> we do things different. We're very personable here at Days of Country. Hi, I'm Billy. Yeah. Why doesn't yeah. he have a last name? Why don't you have a last name? <laughs> No, I'll share it. this. He shares an amazing story from the Lloyd Walker fight scene in the bunkhouse when Lloyd stabs or throws the knife at Walker. Mm-hmm. An amazing sort of behind the scenes story about how that all worked and how it went terribly wrong. That is just truly hilarious. That was my favorite part of the interview when he kind of went um, backstage, so to speak. Um, but a, a really nice That's conversation. Sad. A good guy. I, I, it, it was everything I hoped it would be because I really wanted to talk with Ryan Bingham for a long time. and. Yeah. This ended up being a really fun conversation. That's Billy Duke's writer, podcast co-host, and Ryan Bingham Stan. Who knew? I'm Addison Hager, and thank you so much for listening to Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1923 podcast. We'll return with episode breakdowns every Monday and have cast interviews midweek. Sterling Whitaker will also return soon to talk about conversations he's had with show stars like Cole Hauser and Luke Grimes, Plus, the latest conspiracy theories, so tap follow so those episodes download immediately to your podcast player. 
Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes with the help from Sterling Whitaker. Each episode is produced by Billy Dukes, and you can find valuable recaps and explanations in the archives of Season 1 and email staff at tasteofcountry.com with your ideas, questions, and the answer to this week's trivia question. As always, Dutton Rules is another great Townsville Media podcast.